Hi, this is Lexa Rollins. I am your host for Embracing Your Spheres of Influence. And I have Hollis McCollum with us. She's back for the second time because her book, Save the World, is a very influential book in so many different ways. And I wanted to take the time to really sit and talk with Hollis about this book, the influences about the book, how it became such a, um, or how her travels, this woman has traveled around the world. She almost around the world has only a, I think <laughs> one continent left to, to discover. Am I right? That you've been on? That's correct. Yep. Just Antarctica is left untouched. <laughs> so this is a new world for her yet to discover, but so many other places have influenced her her book. So I welcome you, Hollis, to the show again, and thank you so much for the time you're giving us. Oh, thank you for having me back. I really appreciate it and love coming back to talk with you. Yes, good. Let's talk about To Save a World. Tell me, how did this come about for you? Was it your travels? What, what, what happened that made you decide, I want to write a book? Well, um, I've always enjoyed writing. So since I was in middle school, I've, I've tried to write novels and uh, everything. And this, this, of course, is the first one that was ever published. But what really sparked this particular book was, um, believe it or not, a Dungeons & Dragons game <laughs> that I played with Really? Yes, I'm a huge nerd. <laughs> um, <laughs> Great. Yeah, so my, yeah. My, my best friend and I, uh, and the book is actually dedicated to her because without her, the book wouldn't exist. Um, we, we did this, you know, we played D&D and uh, it was an adventure where I, I had been the DM for that campaign. So I had come up with the adventure portion. And when we played through it, and it was, it was really fun. It was really, really fun. And after uh, about a year after um, we had completed the campaign, I just thought I kept thinking about it and I kept thinking how great it was. And so I just decided to sit down and start writing it. I said, you know what, this would make a great book. And so I sat down and I just started writing it and adapting it for um, for novel because, of course, you can't like like book to movie. You can't directly translate game to to novel. So you have to. You have to make adjustments here and there and get the, the right medium uh, situated. But, yeah, that, that's actually how it came to be. And, of course, through writing it, uh, I changed a few things in the plot line and adjusted some things to get some points across. <laughs> but uh, other than that, yeah, d d <laughs> That's amazing. I, I would not have guessed that. So I'm in connecting the dots it seems like adventure is really a foundational piece of your life, right? Oh, very much. Travel. Yes. Dungeons and Dragons, yep. the book, all of that. So creating adventure is not difficult for you, obviously. <laughs> do, you, do you find that you inspire others with your adventuresome nature? Um, you know, maybe. Some people tell me that they... Uh, that they find themselves wanting to go where I've gone and they say, Oh, I'm going to go there someday. And then, and then maybe they do for vacation or something. And, uh, I certainly, 
I don't know if I'm, I consider myself to be an inspiration to others, but it's, it's something where we, people do ask me about my life. They do tend to say, oh, gosh, you know, I, I want to know what you did. And so I'll, I'll let them know and I'll tell stories with them. And, um, and they do give me positive feedback and say, I want to try this, this particular thing you cooked. I want to try, I want to do this sort of, I want to go this place you went to or eat at this restaurant and, uh, so I, I guess in a, in a small way I'm an influencer, but I don't I don't think of myself as such. I know many people don't, but so many times we have that piece of us, a piece of our nature that is so second nature to us that we don't realize how we influence others, how people listen. Maybe they do something a little bit more adventuresome in their own life, just having talked with you, because it brings that up in us. And we all have that a little bit within us. And sometimes people are scared or they just don't have time, which is the huge you know, a huge excuse I always hear is I don't have time to travel. Yes. I don't have time to do this. And yet people like you, who you know, you're a professional, you work a job, you do all of the same things that the rest of us do, yet you still have the time to travel the world. And that's amazing. So I can see how it's that would come together. Time. Yeah, it's, it's, exactly. it's about making time, I think. You know, you, you have to have your priorities and it's, it's like anyone who's busy, you say, what's my priority? And, and, and you know, you, you just have to decide what is, what is most important to you personally and move forward with that. Uh, I, I, yeah, that's, that's really it. And for, for many people, that, that highest importance is family, which is very valid. And, and for right. other people, that highest importance might be work. For me, those two things are very important to me, but adventure and, and just following my passions is in my top three and I prioritize it and therefore I do it. And therefore you do it. That should be your motto and the motto for many <laughs> of us, to, you know, and it doesn't matter what it is as to what's a priority and what are you going to do? Cool. Right. I love that. So tell me <laughs> how your travels have, well, tell me, first of all, let's talk a little bit about the book. Tell me sure. about save a world. Well, to save a world, it's a fantasy adventure novel for, I know you know that, but for your listeners' sake, because uh, yes. it is a fantasy adventure novel. I know the title might skew a little bit. People might think, oh, it's a self-help book or something. No, no. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so, you, so you can take no, whatever no. messages you want from it. <laughs> That's but right. The, uh, the characters, the, the world itself, this fantasy world that is not Earth, completely different thing that I made up is a place called Rashan, and this particular world is in chaos because all of the gods uh, that governed the world have had a great war and they killed themselves off. And so now there, there is no one governing, governing the seasons. There's no one governing anything. Uh, and therefore, the, the seasons are completely meaningless. And, and you're having winter freezing one day and summer swelter the very next day and all and flooding because of excessive rains on the con just horrible conditions and therefore crops are not growing. You have it is you know things like forests just dying overnight, just like an entire forest. You'll wake up the next morning and the whole all the trees are dead and it's it, nature itself is in complete turmoil. And uh, so the, the world is in turmoil, and 
and the people of the world can't grow crops to feed themselves properly and all these other things. So it, it's really a, a horrible situation. Uh, and initially, the characters, or one of the main characters, sets out uh, to try to save his people. He's not, he's not thinking in such a large scope of, his, of the entire world at this point. He's thinking, okay, I need to do something to help my people. And, and so he goes forth and starts this thing to uh, find a, an artifact, um, an ancient artifact to, that, that supposedly has the power to, to help and to make things better. And, um, and, and through that, uh, the other, one of the other main characters, uh, a young elf maiden named Ethne, who, who is the first person you meet, first sentence, <laughs> uh, she actually kind of follows him. She's, she's sort of running away from home <laughs> because oh. she's unhappy in her situation. And, and she is, she, she's not, a, a lot of people who have read the book said, oh, you know, what a feminist. And I say, well, you know, maybe, but it's not really about feminism. It's about being yourself. And yes, she's a female. And part of what she's running away from are the cultural stereotypes that she doesn't want to adhere to with her people for her particular gender, but it's, it's not really just, it's more her feeling like a bird in a gilded cage and feeling like she can't live her own life in her own culture. So, so she wants to run away and just, and just be left alone, essentially. She, she's not trying to do anything great. She's just trying right. to be liberated and be free. And, um, and then... She gets caught up because she follows him out because she doesn't know the way. She'd never been outside of her village before. so And, right. and she gets caught up in the whole thing. And I don't want to give away too much of the plot line. Exactly. They, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. But so it, tell me a little bit about there. the message. What message would you like the reader to get? Well, a lot of the message... Ultimately, uh, and there, there are a lot of other messages within the story, but uh, a lot of the message is about balance overall, because the, the whole problem, the, the big problem of, of the world is that it's, it's imbalanced. Everything's out of balance. And, and you have to, and they basically have to restore the balance of, of nature, for, for the world and I'm you know and they and they have a way to do they find a way to do that and it, and it does uh, eventually happen but you have to have your good and your bad and you have to take it all together and you have to understand that without proper balance for the world or for your own life things are not going to work out for you and things are going to go poorly and you have to sometimes, in the, in the case of the characters, you have to, they have to make a lot of sacrifices and, and go through some really rough times in order to, to achieve that balance, not just for themselves, but for the entire world, which they never get credit for, it, by the way. The character, a lot of characters in books get to be these big heroes. The characters never, no one ever knows what they did. Really? No one ever knows. There, there's a couple of people, like two to three people, in the book who understand but to most of the world the you know 99.9 percent .9 of of the world 
all they know is that suddenly everything was okay. And, and that's it. That's <laughs> fascinating know. because we all play a part in the world, right? Right. In making right. it balanced or not balanced. And speaking of that, do you, did you take our society as it is now? And it, mm-hmm. was that a piece of inspiration for this book? Subconsciously, yes. Maybe subconsciously it was. I, I did. Now, now, just to put it in a bit of perspective, um, as far as social situations are concerned, we initially had the, the game in 2007, and I didn't start writing the book until 2008. So it okay. was a very different environment when I started writing the book, but... Uh, so it wasn't um, it wasn't politically driven at all, but I think in a subconscious way it was socially driven. If that makes sense, a lot of cultural totally. things played into it from from you know present day Earth and um, and my personal experiences, of course, because every writer does that, and of and how I viewed society. Uh, so yeah, that, that definitely subconsciously played a role, particularly in the characters, uh, each of the characters' individual struggles, because right. they all, there are four main characters, and they, all four of them have a separate sort of coming-of-age story going on with them, because as they're going through this great journey and doing their best to, to save the entire mm-hmm. planet... They um, they are all having to learn things about themselves and grow up in a big way because they're all pretty young. Well, you know, we're we're all talking. That like, is fascinating. You know, yeah, early twenties is most of the characters age wise. Okay, so they're all younger than the millennials. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah they're all. Are they're you all a millennial? Young. No, well, I don't consider myself to be. I'm right on that cusp, but I, I consider myself to be more Generation X. I, I was, I'm 36, so okay. I, I don't really relate to the millennial situation at all. When, when people talk about millennials, I say, no, I really don't relate to that. I relate to what they say about Generation X, <laughs> even though I'm on the cusp. <laughs> yes, and it's different, isn't it? It's, it's quite different. It is. Between yeah. the two being so close, but you really see the difference. Well, tell me, do your travels have the, has that inspired some of the uh, adventure that you describe in the book? Oh, most certainly. So, a lot of the cultures that I created for, because of course this is a fantasy world, and so all the different races and the cultures are are made up, so to speak. But they are also uh, heavily inspired in a lot of cases by different places that I've been to, different countries. For example, the Irani tribe, which is the tribe that Ethne and uh, the other character, Darian, who, who's the one who goes to, to get the artifact, uh, they are both from this tribe called the Irani tribe, which I very strongly base on the ancient Celts of, of the British Isles. And there are certain things that are very much just my entire thing, not not at all Celtic, um, but a lot of their practices, and there are even a couple of ceremonies that I had, just little touches like uh, throwing flowers at the feet of of the of the horses of the men as they exit to go on the quest in the village. Is a you know it 
Celtic tradition for good fortune and stuff like that. So I throw some little cultural things in there for, for my own um, enjoyment. <laughs> and, um, and I feel like it makes it a richer read for someone. Even though this is a fantasy culture, it gives them being able to take things from other cultures that I visited and, and plug it right. in uh, makes it feel more real to the reader, even though it's not at all. Right. That's great. You've gotten pretty good reviews from this thing. So how can people find this book? Can they go to Amazon, Save a World, and and yep, buy it so there? They can. Amazon.com has it and BarnesandNoble.com has it. Uh, it's a little easier to, and if you just Google my name, Hollis Joe McCullum, um, and that's H-O-L-L-I-S, Middle name J O, last name M C C O L L U M. Then the first three pages of results will be the places you can purchase my book and um, book reviews and everything valid to my book. <laughs> and so you, you will find it pretty quickly. And Amazon and Barnes and Noble are on the very first page of Google results. So if you're having trouble finding it, Google my name and it will all come to you. <laughs> Great. So have you done any speaking about this? Like you're going uh, about, on tour a little bit? I've done a couple of book signings in my immediate area. And I actually, this coming weekend, I'm very excited. I, I, I pre-recorded a video, so I've already done the video. But I am a, um, a, a featured speaker at uh, Lagos Comic Con in Nigeria, which is the largest uh, comic convention in Africa and they have a section for authors and they oh, asked wow. me to present. <laughs> so <laughs> That's I'm very excited great. about that. <laughs> yes, you're getting more and more recognition as a writer. That's great. That's yes, going to serve I'm, you well. I hope yeah. so. Yeah, I'm very excited, especially to uh, reach an international audience, number one, but also reach a very Con concentrated part of, of my target demographic of readers because the people who will attend this, uh, this convention are exactly the kind of person that would be most likely to pick up my book. You know, they're, they're, they're the, right. the adventure readers. So I'm really excited about that. And um, I wish I could have gone to Lagos. I wish I had the time and the money at the moment to book a plane ticket to Lagos and, and be there in person. Uh, but I did not have that ability at present. So I, I pre-recorded the video and they're going to be really great and they're going to set it up. And I, and I requested that they do this. They set it up that, so that people can email me questions. So Excellent. It's been, yeah. Yeah. So if they have questions wow. for me after I did a thing on character development, then, um, then they can they can send me a question and I'll reply to them. They and it, I'm really excited about that. Technology is amazing, isn't it? You can really oh, be there, yeah. but not be there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, oh, I'm so, yeah. That is great. And maybe this will lead to even more because that is your demographic. And I so hope, you're yeah, on the I East Coast so. too. Yes, right? I am. I am uh, here in the state of Georgia presently. It's where I live. Oh, okay. Do you have a lot of different venues that you can uh, really go after with people who like this, your demographic? Does it 
allow for that? Is there ways to tap into it? And are you in tapping my opinion, into it? Yes. Yeah. It, it, in my opinion, yes. I, I think that all depends on on how you decide to market yourself. Uh, my my real life job, quote unquote, is uh, I'm a project manager at a branding and design agency, and and so I have a good eye for marketing and I understand about branding, uh, maybe a little bit better than than the than your average author would. Uh, so I I will reach out to anyone and everyone, and I will say, hey. You know, just because my book is a fantasy adventure novel, it doesn't mean that I can't talk to you about self-help or about um, success or anything like that. And I'm also a historian. My, my degree is in ancient cultures and history. And um, so I also can speak to that. And I, I will, you know, I actually did a, a legal podcast where um, the guy, we, we actually talked about medieval law. And what happened, and you know what was what were regular crimes, punishments, situations in medieval England mostly, and and then I, I got to plug my book <laughs> and that sort of thing. So it's excellent. Yeah, you can find a very diverse platform to to speak from if you are willing to be flexible and creative in how you can find ways to. Because you're not just selling your book, you're also selling yourself. And, the, and that's, that's right. Something, yeah. First and foremost, it's yourself. And yourself is great. You have done some oh. amazing <laughs> things in your life that all seem to spill out in this book. So tell me, when's the sequel coming out? <laughs> well, people have been asking, and uh, I, I haven't started writing the sequel yet. I, I, I am almost done writing a completely other, no, different fantasy adventure novel that I'm very excited about, um, but it's, it's not a sequel to To Save a World, but I, I have gotten wonderful um, responses, and you may have seen in some of my reviews, I had several people say, where's my sequel, uh, in my yes. Amazon reviews, which was, hooray! <laughs> yes, they're really so good. I, You've done well. Yeah! Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm so, I, I was, I'm, I'm over the moon about it. I truly am. I, I am so excited to have the reviews that I have, and I'm so grateful. But I oh, am working, is... once I complete it, I'll, I'll start working on the sequel to To Save the World, which I am probably going to entitle The Queen Witch. So we'll, we'll see how that Oh, out. okay. Okay, well, I'm going to get into this. I do love adventures, and I've not done a whole lot of fantasy or Dungeons and Dragons, which is unfortunate mm-hmm. because I've heard about it throughout my life about Dungeons it's and so Dragons. Fun. But yeah, oh. so for and it's great for creativity, right? So that's yeah. really important, and I I appreciate that piece. So I think I might take a dive into Save a World, and when we've got the <laughs> sequel going, let's talk again. Right? Yes, please. Yes, and thank yes. you so much. You'll have to tell me. You have to send me an email and tell me if you how much you like it or, or don't like it, or whatever oh, the case definitely. may be. <laughs> yes, we will stay in touch, Hollis, because I think you've got some a real winner on your hand, and I want people to know about it. So, thank you so much for taking the time again. Now, do you have a website? I do. I have. Uh, well, my website's not as active as my social media pages. So it's, uh, you can find me best on Facebook, 
at under everything is under my name, Hollis Joe McCullum, and Instagram is where I am most active. Uh, and you okay. see all the pictures. <laughs> that's where all the pictures are. So. <laughs> So that's the best way for people to get a hold of you is through Instagram or Facebook? Yes, yeah, and Instagram is definitely where I'm most active. I can get a little lazy about checking Facebook sometimes. So, um, <laughs> yeah, Instagram is, is the quickest. Uh, that's actually how I got in touch with LagosCon uh, Nigeria is, is the, some, really? the one of the organizers for the speakers for that found me randomly and just sent me a private message and said, hey, I like, I like what you've got here. Can, would you be a speaker? So it was wonderful. That's great, Hollis. I, I congratulate you on a job all done. That's fabulous. Well, I just you. love thank having people much. like you on my show. So you are definitely influential. And maybe notice that a little bit more in your own <laughs> life because it really serves you as, because you want to continue to build that, right, and influence so many others. So congratulations as long as it's positive, and we, I want to. <laughs> pardon me but as long as it's positive i want to uh, yes yes only positive influence especially in this day and age we need as much of that as possible yes, a little true. imbalanced in our society we are but we're getting there we're, we're getting, getting there. there we'll 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 achieve it we'll achieve it it's it's a slow and arduous process but we're gonna make it i believe in it i I truly believe that, too. So I love it. Thank you so much for being on the show, and we will talk again. Thank you so much, Lexa. You have a great day. Appreciate it. You, you too. Honey. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. and become essentially germ-free? Scalar Light serves to break apart the molecular bonds of viruses, bacteria, fungi, and parasites in your body. Only a photograph of a person is needed in order to be treated with Scalar Light and eradicate germs from your body. Visit the website freescalar.net and upload your photograph as well as the photographs of your family. Everyone will receive 15 days of free scalar light treatments and your germs will be eradicated by the painless and simple scalar light process. People from around the world have experienced the benefits of scalar light healing and the testimonies prove just how effective this groundbreaking treatment really is. Visit freescalar.net to get started or call our support desk at 1-800-345-9851 for additional information. That's freescaler.net or toll-free 
Hi, everyone. This is Lexa Rollins, your host for Embracing Your Sphere of Influence. This is a place where you will meet and be inspired by many diverse entrepreneurs and how they have used their sphere of influence to create change. Today, we have Nate Nadeson. This gentleman had a spiritual moment where he got the, he conceived a message and he calls it self-introspection to evolve and find peace. He says it takes away all your needs. It's a very succinct universal message, but it is getting rave reviews from many people. What caused this inspiration, he says, is a series of good events. He met a new guru, he met a spiritualized man on an airline flight, and a new Baptist church came up near his house. Now, we have to find out about that one. Nate considers himself a very ordinary man. He immigrated to the U.S. from India in 1982. He has an MBA degree in business, and he loves to come up with new ideas. In fact, he created a very simple tennis booklet in 12 pages. So he likes to keep it simple and sweet. And with that, welcome, Nate, to my show. How are you today? Thank you very much. I'm doing fine. <clears throat> good, good. Well, tell me how the Baptist Church made a difference for you in your spiritual moment. Um. Around the time I wrote the self-introspection and had a spiritual awakening, a Baptist church came near my house. One day I was in my house on the on the upper floor and I looked out the window and then I saw, suddenly saw this church. I passed by the road all the time and never had seen the construction, but I never saw it after it came up. And uh, then I put two plus two together. I said, this church must have given me some inspiration too, along with the prayer that I heard which said take away all my needs. So there are a lot of influencing factors and also meeting um, a new guru came around uh, a highly learned person from a learned guru and uh, also I ran into a, I met a wonderful person on a flight and he's still my great friend. I call him my unofficial guru with whom I can discuss a lot more freely than with my official guru. So a lot of wonderful things happen in my life. Well, what I like to hear is that you're present and you really notice what's around you because there's so many little things that influence it. And, mm. and I like that you, that you do that. So tell me, you had this moment in time and you came up with self-introspection that helps you evolve and find peace. What does that mean? See, we uh, put it this way. Um, in terms of uh, um, religion and faith, we all um, are on a wild goose chase, thinking that one day we'll go to heaven and uh, or hell, or uh, we'll get mokra in the Hindu terminology and uh, all those things. But I f see that we are playing uh, soccer without a goalpost, and uh, we keep on dribbling <laughs> the basketball. Um, we become experts in dribbling the basketball, but we don't seem to pass the ball. So I find that uh, I said, uh, let me clear all the weeds from my mind. The mind is full of weeds, uh, 
And uh, just like we clear the lawn, uh, the weeds of the lawn, we need to clear the weeds of the mine. We don't know the depth and the capacity of the mind. Uh, mind, uh, it has immense potential. For example, Mother Teresa could, um, uh, her mind was so pure, uh, doing service to disadvantaged people and people who were sick. Uh, and she went to India and worked with such poor people, and uh, she found her mind uh, evolving. And it was evolved, she was evolved, that's why she couldn't do it. So we are all capable of evolving. We have seen very, very great men in all fields of life. And um, they all must have the, what I say is when we evolve, there is a, and um, find peace, there is clarity in our thinking, which is essential for success. That's why people uh, reach uh, great heights. Um, and generally, these people must be evolved people. Excellent. So tell me, how do you use this self-introspection to influence others, to help them with change? Because that's what this show is about, right? Our influence. How does this message create change for those around you? This message itself is a change in the way people perceive uh, religion. I just hand it over to people um, that I meet, uh, the Indians and Hindu people that I meet um, in my community uh, while I visit all the temples to do some service. Also, I hand it over to strangers of uh, all faiths in public places, including shopping centers, bars, churches, and um, also in airports. Um, and I find it so e- very easy to hand it over to people. And uh, some people have a discussion with me, and I, uh, some people just uh, take it and walk away. Uh, a few, uh, say five to ten percent of the people just say thank you and walk away. In the social media, or, um, like Facebook or um, WhatsApp and uh, LinkedIn, I share with a lot of people. In fact, in the last six months, I have added about 3,000 people on LinkedIn. I never visited that area before. So in LinkedIn, I connected with a whole lot of people from all walks of life in 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 church, in um, business, and uh, media, and various other areas. So I find that people are uh, responding to me and saying that is a unique message, and uh, um, it is very succinct, and um, it's um, uh, it has a lot of depth in it. So each person, I leave it to each person to find their own uh, list, their own uh, shortcomings or weeds, as I call them, and uh, find peace. There are a lot of techniques prescribed by all religions, all faiths, and this is an integral part of every faith. Only thing is we are not stressed it, and uh, people, uh, I'm not teaching them the means. I'm teaching them the broad concept that unless we clear the weeds from the mind, from the mind. We are not going to find the peace, the stress in the material world in this jungle is going to catch up with us and uh, we have to uh, make bring changes such as um, manage our desires, manage our lust, um, try to cut down our uh, our biggest problem is jealousy and jealousy is um, is caused you to do three things: one, desires um, unfulfilled, and also desires fulfilled. We want the whole pie to ourselves, and the great experience should be just ours. And then attractions and repulsions. Attractions, uh, even uh, one day may sour, and uh, think expectations come with uh, attractions, and one day it may backfire. So also repulsion. Uh, when we put people, uh, when we 
uh, you see the people we don't like succeed, it causes jealousy. The third thing is we all put judge quickly, judge people and put them in a box. And uh, when we put it in the box and then these people succeed in life uh, beyond our expectations, then the jealousy crops up. Jealousy runs within um, friends and uh, family and not strangers. And um, the internal spiritual aspect is finding peace within ourselves. It's all to do with the interaction with people. So I find that if I am uh, courteous to people, extend the best customer service to um, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, best customer service to all children of God, then I find myself, uh, find that I find my own peace. And uh, we are still in the uh, jungle, so to find the total peace is rather difficult, but there is definitely a lot of organic change within me. I work in my as soon after writing, I took the project in my community uh, to teach citizens. Uh, we need to take off our shoes when we enter the temples, but for various reasons, and uh, put them in a rack. For various reasons, we just leave them on the floor. So I've been going around uh, various temples in Atlanta and on, and also in spirit, um, social media. I talk about it and try to promote awareness to better citizens. Prime Minister of India, Mr. Narendra Modi, in India launched. Uh, campaign for clean India in 2014, which cost him over a billion dollars a year. B.S. in, uh, uh, boy, billion dollars a year. And uh, I started this in 2006 on a small scale, uh, went uh, to started going to bigger temples in 2010 and uh, went all out uh, in 2014, June. And he announced his project mm-hmm. only in 2000, uh, August or September. So a lot of people have tried this possibly, but uh, I am very, very persistent. I spend a lot of time on it, uh, both in terms of promoting the message or in terms of uh, spending the time on the floor talking to people and persuading them to put things on the floor. I mean, not put shoes on the floor, but uh, keep them in the rack neatly. And I find well, this tremendous... let me ask you another yeah. question, Nate, because yeah. we don't have a whole lot of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, with all the people that you do talk about, uh, talk to... Could you give me one example of somebody who has, this has really changed their life? What happened quickly, and and what were some of the results? Um, a lot of people engage me, and they they uh, say whenever they go to temples, they are able to rem- remember my message. And uh, even when they read spiritual books, they are able to re- see the highlights of the whole thing. Sometimes they get lost between the forest and the trees. And uh, it, when they read complex uh, spiritual messages, um, uh, they are able to connect it um, with the, what, what is ultimately required of us. And they all feel that they are beginning to form a little organic change within them, the way they, re- they handle stress, the way they are uh, courteous with people, and also, even at home, they uh, handle uh, the children. Uh, they are very kind, kinder and gentler to the children, and also the spouse. We seem to post the. We seem to post as love, whether it is especially with the spouse, and um, and that makes us uh, give less courtesy at home. We tend to fly off the handle at home and show our anger. So people see that they are able to bring about a small change, organic change. Uh, in their dealings at work as well as in public and as also in their private life at home. So it's very right, encouraging. Right. And well, a few people, have, uh, uh, one person uh, at, at, um, I know uh, at my work, casually know the person, she said she read it out in her church. 
there were about 50 to 60 people in the church, and she read it out to them. So a lot of people uh, think it's a very useful message as part of an integral part of their religion. Thank you. Actually, yes, kindness is, especially in this day and age where people uh, of late aren't always kind to each other. I think we forget that. Mm-hmm. And we let people irritate us more than we think about the kindness that we could extend to people. Mm-hmm. Well, so tell me, uh, how how much time do you put toward your own self-development and maintaining this level of consciousness? Do you meditate? Do you... Uh, I know you're very active in the community. What all do you do to maintain a higher level for yourself so that that message can be heard by others? Uh, meditation. I'm not a big fan of meditation. No? Because okay. meditation Why? is not going to cure my jealousy. How am meditation I going to cure my jealousy? It's an intellectual jealousy? process. How does that happen? It's an intellectual process. You reason to yourself, so why am I jealous with this person? So first of all, you avoid too many desires. Keep away from desires and lust, and also attract, manage your attractions and repulsions and never underestimate anybody. These are the things, and also I always wish there are people brighter than me, smarter than me. If everybody is lazy, lazy like me, that I was in my school and college, and everybody is less efficient and an ordinary person like me, the world wouldn't be better off. So I always pray that everybody does well. I'm ready to appreciate the success of everybody. That To start with, that gives me a lot of joy within me. I'm not competing with anybody. I'm running my own marathon, not comparing with the Jones. Let I tell myself, jealousy is part of the... The jealousy can be measured in... Uh, um, um, some have jealousy from one to three levels, some have more of jealousy, four to seven, and some have even more jealousy. So jealousy is innate in us, uh, and it's bound to ring a bell in you. Hey, you're jealous, and you manage it. You intellectually manage it. Meditation is not going to cure my jealousy. I avoid stress. You meditate to avoid stress, to overcome stress. I try to see that I don't develop stress. I'm running my own marathon in this world. Uh, circumstances are also helping me because I'm financially okay now. I just got a couple of more years to go, so the pressures of the uh, material life are not bothering me much. I'm out of this race. Right. So, so do you do this work from an intellectual place then? Yes. I look at that, I look at spirituality as an intellectual process. I do believe in God, and uh, I surrender to Him. And uh, there is a saying that um, um, if you have the when you have the grace of God, all great things work out for you. And uh, so, with that confidence, I'm moving on. I'm a very ordinary guy, but I have the grace of God. But I still approach it intellectually, and again with the grace of God. And uh, I move on in my life. Come what me. Will I be able to handle major catastrophe in my life? I think I'm better equipped to handle that. In the past, I used to get um, nervous about various things. I don't do that anymore. Uh, also, the work I do in my community, like just like Mother Teresa, she cared for the poor. I'm doing something in my society which gives me a lot, immense amount of respect and love from the people. And that's very, very unique. I... Uh, people thought I was crazy initially, eh, and I was intimidating them, eh, follow the rules. 
But then they found out that this guy is not quitting. He's going to do it day after day after day, and they love me now. They see a change coming in the community. India is spending over a billion dollars, and this guy is also setting a great example uh, of uh, civic sense in the community. We, f- we forget the basic things in life. And when you get so much of respect and uh, from the community, you, you are in a different, you know you are on the right track, and you... Uh, you find you you get a lot of peace when uh, at the end of the day we want to be where everybody knows our name and when everybody respects you that's all we are here for and uh, it's no amount of money or success in life in terms of material success like inventing a product or this or that is not going to find peace you need to give a lot of respect and love to people and you'll get that back that's that in my opinion is the uh, peace that you derive and more than that, I understand I'm not going on a wild goose chase to find peace. I clearly know that I have to manage the sins. I have to manage the weeds in my life, in my mind. Got to get the okay. weeds out and find peace. So that's interesting because really when we uh, influence and can influence others, it's when people hear us, when they respect us. Yes. So it sounds like you have been able to attain that level of respect, which is huge, and helping other people find their own level of peace. Mm-hmm. But And you use it strictly on an intellectual basis where you're managing your thoughts, you're managing yeah. your emotions. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, that's, that's excellent. There's, that's a huge piece of it. Does the heart stuff come into it, the love and really... Uh, yeah, sinking in with other people mm-hmm. from a love place, from a heart place, from a feeling place. Does that ever come into your uh, your formula? Yes. Yeah. Uh, when people talk to me about their problems, I tell them about it's all at the end of the day love. Feel love for everybody. For example, at work, I come and wish everybody um a happy monday or happy tuesday or happy wednesday initially people thought it funny now everybody wishes me hey it's happy friday happy thursday so and i open the doors and close the door app open the door for everybody even while driving i let anyone uh, they want to change the lane and let them go you talk of love by giving them love and uh, when they have some concerns they discuss with you and you listen to them kindly and um, sometimes uh, it's hard to give a, um, a, a give proper solace to people I, uh, in fact i made a lot of friends in the social media some of them have become my very 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 close friends so the reason i'm able to have all these friends or i'm able to find give them some amount of solace and peace and people well, are various yep this is great Nate this is probably a good place to begin to wrap this up so a lot of your formula is respecting and kindness to others maintaining yep. consistency with that yep. and then gaining the respect from others yes therein lies a lot of peace in that because you begin to eliminate some of the conflict that so many of us run across every day mm-hmm. in our life so I love this story. Thank you so much for being here with me and talking about this. It's a very uh, powerful message. And I like the consistency piece. Mm-hmm. You can't have one good day and then one bad day. You just stay consistent with your respect and kindness. 
Yes. Good job. Good job. Thank, Thank you, you, Nate. Thank you. I wish you so much happiness. Thank you very much.